Hello and welcome to the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson. It's the podcast designed to give you all the financial advice you'll ever need. Now, this is episode 57, where in a moment, we chat about leaving money to your loved ones. But if you have a general financial query, you're in the right place because we have an enormous resource of free advice right here. And you can access all of that just by delving into our back catalogue of shows. Because in our programmes to date, we've covered all investments, pensions, mortgages, self-build homes, credit unions, help to buy schemes, premium bonds, life insurance, and loads more. You name it, we've done it pretty much. And last week, we looked at financial goal setting. Now, we can drill down and focus just about anything forensically, really. Find the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll get us there. Like I say, an enormous resource, all available for free. Find our previous shows after listening to this one and have a binge on what you need. While you're there, if you could rate and review us, for instance, you could tell us what we need to address to help you out and follow the show. And then that way you'll get that episode when we record it next time. I'm John Ellis. With me as always, the star of our show, Phil Anderson. Hi, Phil. Hi, John. How are you? I'm okay. I always say this, but it's because it's true, really. Lots of people have hang-ups when it comes to talking about death and finances, but... It is something you need to take care of uh, or your best intentions could go really badly awry. So when it comes to leaving money to loved ones, planning for it isn't morbid. It is the very definition of common sense, isn't it? I know, it's not the most enjoyable subject to, to talk about. But one thing I would say is if you want to make sure the people you love are provided for after you've gone, you need to start making a plan. Yeah, so step one, as with all good plans, is to start doing it early. Why is that so important, Phil? You know what? I Unfortunately, I, I see it quite regularly where people get in touch with me and, and by then they've often left it too late. And a great example of that is people trying to avoid paying hefty care home fees. So they get in touch and they say, oh, my such and such relative is now great. They're away to go into a home. What can we do to avoid this paying this £1,000 a week or however much the, the care home fees is going to be? And by that time, it's often too late to, to kind of do anything about it if they had planned earlier even possibly six months earlier some of the costs or or a lot of the costs could have been mitigated if if that was the case so planning early is so important you want to make sure that that the money you have goes to who you want it to go to and when you want them to to get it as well as, as another important thing and you also want to look at trying to reduce any potential inheritance tax bills and the earlier somebody plans definitely the the better for for that and if you are planning, what are the physical things you need to do to have in place? I, I would say one of the things I mentioned a lot on the show is make a will and, and review it regularly. If you don't have a will, then your estate's shared according to the set rules, the, the rules of intestacy, it's called. And that could be different from, from what your wishes are. So always make a will. Another important thing is not only should you make a will, but you want to make sure that it's up to date as well. So so that's another important factor. If you don't have a will, the consequences can be devastating for for those left behind. So make a will. And once you do have it made, make sure that you you keep it up to date. It's good to review it regularly. I mean, a a change in family circumstances, change in inheritance tax rules, wider legislation can change. So it's all of that can affect your will. It's often recommended that you should review your will at least every five years, but it's difficult. To, you kind of put a, a set time scale on it, but you always want to make sure it's it's kept up to date and planning what happens to your money and possessions when you die. You know, make sure the money goes to the people you want to give it to. 
as I mentioned, it can reduce or even eliminate inheritance tax to, to those that, that you love. And it also ensures that your wishes are carried out and with unnecessary expense or, or delay. So sometimes it sounds simple, but trans, like managing the transfer of your money and possessions after you're gone can be a complicated area. There can be many sort of financial and, and legal hurdles. So the best way to avoid unwanted consequences is certainly to start making plans as, as soon as you can. And we, we did do a previous show on wills. Um, I think it was episode episode 14, I think it was, called Nay Will, Nay Wise. And so if anybody's looking at wills and wants more detailed kind of information regarding that, they could always go back to that previous show to, to have a listen to that as well. I was going to guess episode 12, but, I'll, you know, you're, you're, you're the expert. Uh, what I will say is, um, you know, the, the, the subject of a contested will, it's like the beginning of every Agatha Christie movie ever made, isn't it? <laughs> the contested <laughs> will. Um, I know we've discussed this before as, as something important around this area, appointing a power of attorney. Now, first of all, uh, just go back over what that is, why you do it, and, and is it something you need to plan right at the outset as well, or, or does this wait until later in the day? Yeah, set, setting up a power of attorney is something that's really important at, at any age. A lot of people often think that it's something you should do when you're you're older, but basically what a power of attorney does, it gives somebody else the right to control your affairs. The, the most common one is, is if somebody became inca- incapacitated, for, for any reason, you've then got somebody that can manage your, your financial affairs. Sometimes people wrongly think that if they have a will, they don't need a power of attorney, but that's not true. A, a power of attorney, it lets you appoint someone you trust to make financial and or medical decisions for you if you're not able to do so. So the, the prime example of that, as I say there, is if, if you were to become ill, it might help you it might help to think of a will as something that helps your loved ones after you die, whereas a, a power of attorney is designed to help you while you're still living. So, so that's something that, that's important there as well. People often think that it, the power of attorney means you've automatically handed over control to someone else. But again, that's not true either. They're just there to make the decisions if if you can't for, for whatever reason. It can start immediately or you can opt for it to kick in when you're no longer able to act in your own best interests. Again, we, we've got a show that we did previously on powers of attorney. It was episode 82, and it was titled A Quick Guide to Powers of Attorney. So kind of giving plenty of plugs to the, the previous shows. But <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to trust you on that one, episode 82. Some, sometimes yeah. we do certain shows on a specific topic or, or subject, and sometimes you get some shows where it integrates a few of these together, but to, to find out more on Powers of Attorney, that episode 832. The great thing with all of the, the podcasts is you can go back and just listen to the ones that are relevant to you. Some of them won't be, so it's good time-wise. You can just think, oh, I'll pick out and listen to this one, or I've got a bit of time here, I'll listen to that one. So a plug for, for some of the previous shows there. Yeah. Episode 32, A Quick Guide to Powers of Attorney. Now, this next one gave me the fear, Phil, because I, I set up a private pension when I first started working 100 million years ago, and back then, you know, I wasn't married, I didn't have kids, basically nobody to leave anything to. So what happens to my pension when I die? Is that covered in my will? Yeah, you, you want to make sure you know who stands to inherit your pension. And there, there's a bit of a strange anomaly here, but your will doesn't decide who inherits the, the pension. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> when, when setting up a pension, you, you normally have to complete a, a nomination of beneficiary form. The people you list on that form will normally inherit your pension when you die. 
over the years, it can be easy to forget who you've nominated to inherit your pension. I mean, I've seen it in the past where somebody's maybe put down an ex-partner or, or something there, and then all of a sudden, they didn't want it. So, oh, no, I need to get that changed. That, that was one of the things. If I was doing an annual pension review with somebody, I'd always be checking, right, who's the nomination for your, who's who's nominated to receive your pension benefits? And quite often, folk would have somebody or they maybe hadn't made a nomination at all. So, I mean, like I say, that information can change and, and quickly become out of date if your circumstances have changed. And if you're not sure who inherits your pension, your financial advisor can help you with that. And they, they can also help to update the beneficiaries on, on any forms if need be as well. Yeah. There's another one from my to-do list. Just as a follow-up, Phil, say, for instance, I hadn't nominated anyone on my pension form back when I set it up. What, what would happen to my pension funds when I die? I mean, assuming... There's still something in the pot. What would happen to that? Yeah, if, if there's no beneficiary that's been named or uh, you sometimes have what's called an expression of wish, but if if there was neither of that, what happens then is the pension scheme provider decides who receives any lump sum or any survivor's pension. The, the next akin, they would usually complete a claim form providing details of the deceased person's family and dependents, but it is up to the, the provider at that point or the trustees to, to decide where where that funds go. So so technically, the pension pot provider could just pay it out to someone that they know that they go golfing with. It's on. I mean, in theory, they could. <laughs> I mean, but they, they they've got a duty of care as well. Yeah. But what it does mean is that it maybe goes to the person that you didn't want it to go, or like yeah. it may not go yeah. to who you wanted to. So to, to make sure that you've got the, all the paperwork completed for for that. And like I say, financial advisor can can help you out with, with all of that as well. Of course, one of the most overlooked things here is that, is that once you've got everything in order, you need to tell your family uh, what your wishes are, don't oh, you? And where documents definitely. can be found. You know, I, I've seen it in, in the past where, I mean, somebody's maybe got a will, but nobody knows where it's kept. And there's a, a hunt to yeah. try and find it. One of the things that I've got, a handy document, and I, I can't yeah, plug for this, but they, I, I've got a document where it's great. It lists all the different things and you can fill it in. So that, that document, if somebody wanted a copy of that, it basically is just a record of what you have and where it's kept. Um, so if anybody wanted to email me my email address, it's phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. Ping us an email and I and just say, look, can you send me this document? I think it's called What I Own and Where It's Kept. Just mention that in an email and I can, can send you that. It's really good. But, you know, it's a step that's often forgotten about. It's really important to have your documents kept up to date and, and important for your loved ones to know where to get hold of them. I personally have got like a little red folder in the house that details a lot of the all my pension policies and life insurance policies. All the documents are, are kept in there. And it's important as long as my loved ones know where to find it. That, that's the, the great thing. By letting your loved ones know in advance, you've done an important bit of planning there and it can make things a lot easier for them at what can be quite a, a difficult time as well. And again, I've said it in different, other shows as well. Each of us are unique individuals. No two of us have got the same circumstances or family dynamics. And by planning with your financial advisor or your, your financial planner in advance, this is where your intentions can be like discussed. And, and there, it means that what you want is respected, your family's protected, and everything would go according to plan. Mm. I think that's five steps we've looked at there, Phil. Just as a takeaway from the from the show, recap those for me, please. Yeah, I, I would kind of say that the sort of five steps we, we've looked at today are start planning early, 
So that was one real key bit of like advice or guidance I would give to people. Make a will and review it regularly is another thing. Set up a power of attorney. Don't be fooled that you maybe think you're too young for that. Doesn't cost an awful lot to do, but it can really save a, a lot. It, it can really make things a lot easier in the future. The fourth thing I would say is know who stands to inherit your pension. Look into, have you ever filled in any of these nomination or beneficiary forms? If not, you should be speaking to your, your pension provider or financial advisor to, to complete that. And then the, the final thing, the fifth thing I would say there, speak to your loved ones about your plans. They should know not what you've got, but where to find out stuff if anything happened to you. So if you just... A few tips there for, for people. Now, each week, uh, so far as we've covered certain topics, Phil's given us a look back at his own life story and how it's been affected by the subjects we've been discussing. So, Phil, today, leaving money to your loved ones, and we've spoken about it with reference to yourself before, and I'm pretty sure you've got this well planned, haven't you? Yeah, do you know, like, the, the older I get, the more that I start thinking about what would happen in the future if I wasn't here. Something I've thought about quite a bit recently. I've been sort of reviewing... Some some stuff on my own. For for me, I would I, I would want things to be as simple and straightforward, especially for my kids and, and my partner Ruth. If anything was to, to happen to me, one bit of planning that I've done myself is I, I've got various life insurance policies. All of them are held in trust. And the the good the benefit of that is that one it goes to who I wanted to go to. Two, it doesn't form part of my estate for inheritance tax purposes if I was to die. And also the, the third thing, the third benefit I have in my policies and trust is that it would pay out a lot quicker if I was to die as well. They wouldn't need to wait for all my will to, to get sorted out. So that was like three really good reasons to, to kind of use trusts and look at that. And again, that's something that a financial planner can, can help people with as well. But it's all stuff that I've done myself. And it is, it's good bits of, of kind of planning advice there. And Phil, we all do this bit too. You find inspiration through various folk that you admire and you like a quote. Have you got one that fits our subject matter for this episode on leaving money to your loved ones? Yeah, the, the quote here, it's our responsibility to pass on what we inherited, not to squander it, but to build on it. And that was from somebody called Christine. I think it's Gregory is, is her name. But hey, some everybody's different. Some people will get an inheritance and they'll think, right, I'm waiting blue to it. It's up to you. There's <laughs> <laughs> a technical financial term there. Bluta. Oh, wait, a bluta this. Now, Phil is, is really keen on trying to help you with your financial queries. If you want to email a question to us, please do. And as always, we can ask them anonymously if you prefer. Now, let's get on to this week's. I'll give you the contact details that you need in just a second. Here's our first question. Hi, Phil. I'm not sure if you've ever dealt with anything like this, but I'm involved as a potential recipient of a contested will. It's back to Agatha Christie again. I, it really means very little to me. And to be honest, with what I'm due to receive, I'd sooner part with the money and the stress that's so far come with it. Am I allowed to remove myself from the process? You know, you've done it almost two weeks in a row. You've, you've kind of got me with a question where I'm a bit stumped. But um, in, in general, a beneficiary has got the right, the right to renounce a gift made to them under a will, I don't know how it stands if the will's being contested. I would suspect they probably still have the right to renounce a gift. I'm just not 100% sure. So I, I'd be saying, look, go and seek out some legal advice. Can I uh, there? Because it's more, more a legal yeah. uh, question than a, a financial one. Although we cover, like, I'll cover things like wills, powers of attorney, 
I guess like it's more just in general because it integrates really closely with, with financial planning, but possibly for a question like that, that's where you're looking at more like a, a legal expert would, would be able to help. Okay. Uh, next is one from Catherine in Wester Hills, Edinburgh. Catherine says, Dear Phil, I have an elderly relative who wants me to become their power of attorney, which is one of the things we were just talking about there. Ordinarily, I'd have no problem with that, but the relative in question has quite a lot of investments and I have no clue what to do with them. She says she had an advisor who looked after them for her. I'd like to arrange the same, but I'm not sure if I can afford to do that. I don't want to accept the power of attorney role if it means potentially costing me money I can't afford. Should this be covered by the role itself? That's an interesting one, Phil. I've uh, never heard of that. Do you, do you know what? The, the good news here is that any, for example, financial advisor fees, it would be her assets that would cover the cost of that. So it's not the person right. that's acting as the, the, the attorney that would be, be charged a fee the, themselves. So that that's probably, hopefully, would put Catherine at a bit more kind of peace of mind there. But what you'll also find is most financial advice firms, they, they often have the option to facilitate their advisor charges and fees to come off directly off the investments. Um, so quite often they can be facilitated from the product providers as opposed to somebody having to write a check or pay invoices the, themselves. But in, any fees that are chargeable would be chargeable to that person as opposed to the, the attorney who's looking after things. I, I would say, like, go and speak to her existing financial advisor in the first instance. You would hope that they would know her and her situation reasonably well. They, they should be able to tell you why they set up the various things that they have. So, so that might help as opposed to getting a, a brand new financial advisor. But again, as the attorney, you've got the choice of, of using that financial advisor or if you had your own one, you may prefer moving to, to them. Probably depends who, who you get on best with. But um, yeah. you, you would hope the existing advisor would be able to let you know and say, right, the reason they've got this is for this or this is for that. They, you'd be hoping they'd be able to keep you right with, with all of that as well. Would you say, too, before you get in touch with a question, you might want to take a look at our back catalogue because we've covered a fair few topics uh, already. We might have touched on something you're interested in, so you could just find it by um, flicking through those if you like. I'm John Mellis. Thank you for joining us today for the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson. If you feel you need a helping hand with anything we've been talking about or anything else of a monetary matter, find Phil for finance. Search Phil Anderson Financial Services online or on the Facebook page for the show, search Personal Finance with Phil Anderson. That's Personal Finance with Phil Anderson on Facebook. Phil's on Twitter and LinkedIn too, or you can email Phil a question that he can answer on a future show. His address is phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. That's phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. Send him your question. Phil could be talking about that in an upcoming podcast, like I say. Please be assured we won't use your real name if that's what you prefer. Remember, if you found this useful, please rate and recommend us. And please follow us on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Then you'll get us every week with the info you want when you need it. You'll get all the links you need on Phil's social media. Good luck with your money. Phil's doing his best to help make that cash go further. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks very much, John. Thanks for listening.